Welcome to the Digital Marketing Insights Podcast, brought to you by Brightside Digital. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm delighted to say that we have Linda here today, who's the head of Digital Marketing and Communications. Linda, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Tom? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. Linda, let's start off by you telling our audience a little bit about your career today and what you've been up to. Yeah, sure, Tom. Um, thanks for having me on. Um, my name is Linda O'Connell. Um, I've worked with uh, the Society of St. Vincent de Paul in Ireland for 17 years in kind of varying uh, roles. Initially, kind of in the office, then interim office manager. Then I did, was doing communications and fundraising at a regional level. And around 2007, I was asked, would I help um, with project, co-project uh, developing a website? And I nearly died because I knew nothing about websites. Um, so I can say I profusely sweat uh, with the panic of it. But yeah, so I kind of did that and then I was seconded by for two and a half days a week and eventually that went full time and I was on my own uh, nationally and based in Cork uh, doing that that job um, for maybe two years and then we decided we'd redevelop the site in 2014 and thus began I suppose the journey and the building of digital marketing um, I wouldn't have had really any experience prior to that, to be honest with you, Tom. Uh, I was working in England as a zookeeper first, and then before that I was in photo wildlife park. So my background would have been science um, as a mature student. Um, so I've kind of been a little bit of a jack of all trade, a master of none. Yeah. Uh, art would have been my first love and um, I was working in a graphic design studio back in the day when you'd plonk a big massive book of fonts in front of you uh, and scroll through the pages trying to find what font you were going to use but I, again as I said I had no computer experience and never did I think I'd be sitting behind a computer screen uh, in, in a full-time capacity and so I did a diploma in computers and um, during that I fell a bit ill so I was in hospital for a time when I came out, again, at my, my love with art and animals. So I went back to university as a mature student and I did earth science. I majored in zoology um, and as I said, headed off to England, came back in 2005 um, because I was suffering a lot of mental health issues. And the actual St. Vincent Paul had helped me in, in my past with um, a few different things and going to college helping with my book costs and stuff so I always kept in contact and always did some voluntary stuff when I did come back they asked would I help out in the office and um, I suppose I kind of feel like I've done full circle with the organization you know they helped me and then I volunteered and then I ended up uh, working for them I worked at a regional level and a national level so I, I do feel very lucky that I kind of had that very overarching um view of the organization but I was all self-taught so um, I suppose imposter syndrome kind of crippled me a lot I went back and I said I, you know I better get that piece of paper so that I can sound like I do kind of know what I'm talking about so I went to what was called CIT it's now MTU 
and I did the certificate in digital marketing and um, really enjoyed it. So I thought, you know, I'll stay on and do the master's, even mad as I was to do it. And I did the master's and graduated then in 2018. So I have the piece of paper now that says, actually, you have some level of qualification to do the job you're doing. So it's just how much we doubt ourselves, you know, that we, well, me felt I needed a piece of paper to prove what I'd been doing for many, many years, you know. Yeah, and I, I feel your story is, is so inspiring and I'm sure so motivating for, for so many listeners. And of course, you humbly haven't mentioned you won Businesswoman of the Year down down in Cork and you've there's so many accolades associated with your work nowadays. It's it, it's it's incredible reading, you know, your career to date. Mm, yeah, I suppose you don't you don't stand back and look at it really. Um yeah, I, I wouldn't say I'm a very career driven person either. You know, I never thought, oh, I want to be here. Or I want to be there. Or I want to be in that role. It's kind of just happened organically. Uh, not not very linear by any means, but I suppose that's that's life, isn't it? It's not a straight line. I'm looking at your logo on Riverside. It's weavy. And it's all about enjoying those moments as well. And and it's clear that you've said yes to and taken up most like most opportunities that have gone your way as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I suppose, Linda, the next question I would always ask in the show is what would you see as your main strength in digital at the moment? Obviously, you're head of marketing, you manage a team, you do a load of work. But is there any area that you feel most comfortable in and feel like you're really knowledgeable in that area? Um, I I think the thing that probably gives me the most buzz for my own skill set would be uh, analytics. And even though I absolutely like, I know maths are completely separate, but I think when I actually signed up to do the masters, I knew the areas I wanted to focus on more, uh, and that was definitely analytics. Um, because as a charity, we receive ten thousand dollars in kind a month from Google to run adwords and stuff and because it was just me it was always really hard to i suppose utilize that or get a chance to learn more about it so that's actually what i ended up doing my thesis on in my in my master's was the synergy between seo and analytics and it's amazing the buzz that you get you know from oh my god i've just increased you know this amount of traffic to the the site and you know the value of putting in the effort so Definitely, I suppose, as a manager and a leader, you end up going more into the strategic area. You know, that's also very new for me because I've always getting down and dirty, so to speak. I I would never expect my team to do something I wouldn't do myself. But now I'm getting more room to be strategic. But I think definitely analytics and and, uh, SEO is kind of a a love of mine, really. And, and, you know, it's the buzz you get out of... um, seeing those those changes those improvements you know bring results i wouldn't say i'm an expert by any means but um that's the area i, I really like i like looking at the figures not vanity metrics but the improvements the enhancements the ux side of things and for for anyone listening I, i'm guessing ga4 is probably on your platform of analytics but uh, what what analytics are your go-tos which ones would you recommend to our listeners yeah i mean it's such a hard thing to answer and i think a lot of marketeers are kind of just flapping in the wind a bit at the moment because we would have used the universal analytics all the time we now have um 
the GA4, but I mean, even that's questionable. I think three the three quite large countries have now, through the courts, said Google Analytics 4 is still not 100% compliant. So I am looking around at, there are bespoke ones that are, are being kind of built. We're very different, I suppose, as a charity. I mean, if you're a company that's selling products, you know, you're very, very driven in a different kind of a way. Yeah. Um, so like we're not we're not retargeting as such, you know, we're not uh cutthroat if that makes sense. And and I don't mean that in a derogatory way to anybody else, but it, it's it, it's a very different way. Um so at the moment, like we're we're working towards Google Analytics for um, and trying to get the team all trained up in it, but from what I'm hearing it's kind of questionable whether that will be unless Google kind of act fast. Uh, whether that's going to be even still compliant and you know when the when the whole thing came in was it in September 2019 that the you know the whole cookies policy and all that the, the whole legislation it was, yeah, thing. It, was, it was in 2018-2019 yeah. yeah I mean like everything just fell off the, the face of the earth like that way you know and analytics dropped um you know, if you're if you're doing it correctly and you are being compliant, and because mobile now is way higher than say desktop, you know you you know yourself when you open your phone and something's in your way, like you just exit or you know get out of my way. And before it was like you're exiting and you're accepting everything, but now you have to act if you want to track somebody, they have to physically go in and say yes, I am allowing you. You know, you're you have to opt in as opposed to opt out, and I think that had a huge knock-on effect on us anyway definitely so it was very hard to stand over your figures likewise with um facebook you know they they brought in the whole um you can't track everything because of iso 14 etc so you know it's not as as uh, transparent and uh stand over your figures as as much as you could in the past you know you are losing quite a lot uh, at the moment anyway yeah and um to touch on kind of your career today and maybe this would be an example with St. Vincent's, but is there any campaigns or any work that you find that was, I suppose, one externally successful and deemed it out there, but also one that might be internally successful for yourself? Um so this was externally um but it wasn't a campaign per se, you know, I, I felt, you know, you can come become a little bit stagnant in, you know, I'm with SVP in the role 17 years and, you know, you're, you're, you're within a, the parameters of what's set by the organization or company, you know, you have to adhere to certain protocols, etc. So I'm quite an, um, a creative person. So, you know, you still have to be curtailed. So I did go off and set up a very part-time business called DigiNomad um and that's where i was uh, building websites and training people and social media and stuff and i think from that it's where you see the end product again and i get to work with people that i'm really selective about because i work full-time and this is a very very part-time thing but it allows that creativity and there was one website i don't know why i just felt so exhilarated afterwards um because i think as a as a person i'm very much um always looking for the cause or and I, I get the buzz from starting from a all the way to z and seeing somebody smile you know at the end and it was um a lady who runs a company called cancer rehabilitation ireland 
And it was just the joy on her and knowing that she's making a difference. I felt so proud. Um, as I said, I'm not an expert in building or anything like that, but I really put my heart and soul into everything. And when you see, you sit and talk to somebody and you get a sense of who they are, then you try and put that to some level of digital um, and hope that you represent that person. Um, I think I've, I, that's one of, you know, I've obviously built more than one, but that's one that just particularly stands out for me because I remember um, I had just reached out to her one day just saying, how are you doing? And not knowing that she was in a difficult place and she came back afterwards and said, you know, you don't know how much that made a difference. Um, and afterwards sent me an email and I remember being quite emotional because she had said, you know, you didn't just build my website, you built me along the way. It was that, I suppose, um, confidence boost or say, you know, you are making a difference. So they're the kind of things that I feel proud of, that I've helped somebody who's going to in turn help somebody else, if that, if that kind of doesn't sound too naff. <laughs> Um, in, internally, then, uh, uh, from a campaign point of view, um, it wouldn't be camp. It'd probably be more a project. One, with, uh, if I could kind of mention two, if that's okay. One was I, uh, our vice president. He's a journalist or an ex-journalist with RTE, and um, when he left, he kind of <laughs> handed me the um, production of a quarterly magazine, fifty-two page magazine, and at the time it was selling Eason's, but. I remember just having an, an absolute panic attack um, because I have dyslexia. And as head of communication, you're thinking, oh, my God, do you know, if anybody finds out. And obviously I have certain tools that help me. But I, I remember just being really afraid. How was I going to produce a 52 page magazine? And I've been doing it now for the last, I think, seven years. And I've been able to bring my own flair and flavor to it. And I, I just feel part of me comes out in it as well, which is brilliant. And then the very last part was um, we've just literally uh, launched a new brand new website. And the the concept of it came about in April. I was looking back in old emails. I think it would have been around April 2020, the notion that we needed a new website. Um, and that was just absolutely huge. You know, you're going through your business case, your, you know, your your um, project plan, your tendering um, and to see something birthed, you know, from from in essence scratch, because uh, like our site would have been built in the time where, you know, people didn't really use mobile phones. Did you ever think that somebody would make a donation or buy something on a phone maybe five years ago? It just would be unheard of get a few but yeah and i think covid catapulted that a lot i think it was happening anyway but i think it gave it a a bit of a a kick faster into that that area so this site needed to happen quite fast in one way to maximize that change in behavior from people and again the organization is would have been highly reliant on them um, church door collections and you know that that whole thing had been dropping year on year by two percent so it was always going to have to happen that we moved but i think covid helped uh escalate that and uh you know we now have a product that i feel you know already we only launched in the on the second of november we're already reaping the rewards of it and seeing the benefits of, of, from the figures that um, we're looking at at the moment you know and it's it's always about not what we want it's about how do we make it easier for people to 
uh, view, irrespective of whether you're a charity or not. It's you know I think we all say how what do we want to portray, but it's what what do people want the the, the user. They should come at the top of the tier before yourself, nearly. You know? Of course, of course, and yeah, the site looks great. So kudos to you now. So, um, in in terms of software, is there any softwares that you use daily that you swear by that helps with your role? Or, um, one would be I don't know if you've come across Sprout Social. It would be a little bit similar to Hootsuite. Um, it's a um, it's a social media scheduling tool, but uh, on that, there's amazing, amazing reports come out from it as well. Do, do you use the listening section that kind of looks out on the internet? Do, do you have, do you use that? We use a little, probably not as much, I suppose, again, because we did have full complement of a team. <laughs> there was a little bit of a, a, a quick bit. Now we're starting to look at those enhancements a little bit more. Um, you know, you don't want to get, caught up too much in vanity metrics, but we find it can be extremely helpful to see where, you know, certain types of posts, you know, you're, you're posting so often you kind of go, oh my God, what, what ones work and what ones don't work. And sometimes there can be quite interesting, you know, you want your audience to be one way and you find out actually, no, that's not your audience. Um, you know, for, for us, I always get a little bit surprised and that quite a lot of the religious posts do quite well. And that always surprises me, and I don't know why, um, because you kind of go, oh, we want to be young and uh, people engage with us in a different way, but, you know, your audience is your audience. Uh, you can cr- try and nurture a, a new element of it, but um, they are who they are, you know? Yeah, and identifying different contents for each one. And, and sorry, the only reason why I asked you about the social listening is I could imagine St. Vincent is the kind of thing that people might mention on their social networks from time to time, but not necessarily tag you guys, if you know what I mean. So that social listening would have a, a sentiment score. And yeah, well, we've used um, like Google Alerts is brilliant for that as well. And um, so we would have a lot of Google Alerts set up, uh, particularly from kind of uh, media, you know, tradi- kind of newspapers and stuff like that as well. So we find that quite beneficial. So we do get a lot of our content through, say, the Google Alerts, as opposed to us generating. Um, a lot of the content as well. That's a, actually a great suggestion for everyone listening as well is, is setting up Google alerts for their business and their brand names. Um, in, in terms of new information, is there any way where you go, Linda, to, to find new insights, the latest thing in digital or marketing or something? Um, I suppose I'm signed up to so many different things because you can become, you can say, oh, I like the way they do it. But I think it's really good to try and go out and, and get as much different like i've signed up to a lot of newsletters and reports you know i i love the wolfgang reports and i think uh, if you're just into social media i think hootsuite did the yearly report i think that's absolutely and utterly fascinating um and then like i you know the the kind of weekly newsletters from the digital marketing institute or niall patel i you know i'd follow on linkedin you'll always get little nuggets you know because i don't think there's one place that gives you everything um so i'd follow quite a lot on kind of uh, linkedin you know i think has become probably one of my favorite platforms for being able to uh, see what i'm looking for as opposed to um the likes of say facebook or whatever i just find that can be um there's just too much sometimes <laughs> um 
but for our for I suppose for our area work, I, I find LinkedIn can be quite good um for things like that. And as I said, then the big guys, you know, the wolf gangs and Hootsuite and stuff, they, they do come out with some great insights and stuff like that, you know. And is there anything in your industry at the moment that might be coming up maybe tech wise or or integration with a part of digital that really excites you or something that you're looking into at the moment? Um for a while, I've been a little bit apprehensive because I suppose, you know, you can sign up for everything and you can go on every channel and then you're just thinking, is it of any massive benefit? There is talk. You see, we, we have so many strands to the organization. Like we are the third largest retail proprietor in Ireland. Um, and I mean, that's even in the, p- the private uh, industry as well. So we've over 230 charity shops located all around Ireland. So a lot of them now are on Instagram, but, you know, there, there's kind of talk of TikTok and um, I just kind of want people to do the first, you know, say Instagram properly first before looking at another channel because um, people get very bored very fast. And we would work a lot with um, in the company Huskies um, and they would come with like fantastic ideas as well sometimes. Like I haven't gone near, you know, AI or anything like that, but I, I do know it's it's probably going to have to happen at some stage, you know, um, and that's, I suppose, why I keep my eye on varying aspects like podcasting, I think is something the charity, my organization should definitely look at um, because people are very visual and people like, you know, the short stuff, they like to be able to go in and look at videos quickly. Um, so I, I think that way, like there's, you know, you could you could be chasing and running forever, um, and we're not ever going to be able to do everything. Um, but I, you know, listening, I, I haven't done a lot around, as I said, the AI or the, um, you know, the chatbots and stuff like that, and and it's probably something I will go and investigate and look at a little bit more uh, as well. You know, definitely, and and some of those areas, I'll show you some of my stuff after, um, this podcast, but. I, yeah, I, I just think uh, as someone that actively goes into St. Saint Vincent and the the nature, I think just the Irish public, which I'm speaking very broadly now, but I think we are very aware, environmentally aware, and we, there's a lot of us that are aware of the fast fashion issues and stuff. Mm-hmm. And St. Vincent as such a good platform to to kind of go in like i have a barber's coat actually uh which is fantastic and i think i got it for like 15 euros it was it was it was you know and it, it's something that I, I i treasure and it was in great condition and it just makes you think there's so many opportunities with your charity and all the amazing work you do i, I just think yeah just I, I thank you i suppose from my point of view and, and keeping up no, no, thank work. you and actually, from a marketing point of view, Tom, like people always say, you know, automatically you think always oh, digital and what, what works for one may not work for another. And, you know, I, I, I read papers all the time to go, oh, you know, email marketing is dead or traditional media is dead. And, and for us, I have to disagree. So it does come down to what, who are you? What are you? Who are you trying to reach? So definitely traditional media still works really, really well for us email marketing works really really well for us you know so it's about finding the good blend you know yeah yeah of course and and that's that's where 
I think you and your keep Linda in in that understanding those different audiences and the mm-hmm. different marketing channels for them. Um, unfortunately, I have to ask you my last question. I can talk to <laughs> you, but um, uh, my I always end the show on the same question, which is if you could bottle up one personality trait that you have yourself, Linda, that you could pass on to others, what would it be? Like I, I for for myself, say for my team, I want my team to be better than me. I want them to succeed beyond me. And I think it's about being a good leader, not a manager, not a boss, a leader, and like share, share your knowledge. Like it doesn't matter if somebody in your team is better than you because you want them to succeed. It's kind of nearly like being a proud parent, if that makes sense. So I'm very much about um share like people would say oh Linda you give away too much but your life is too short like you know yeah I could make a load of money if I wanted to but it's not my goal so I think being a leader not even as a manager be a good leader show people like share your skills and knowledge because at the end of the day look it's about for me it's about making the world a better place again it sounds like Michael Jackson song but you know (laughs) that for me is I feel is my strength. I, I, I like to share my skills and my knowledge with others because it, they can then pass it on, you know? Love it. And Linda, if anyone wanted to reach out to you, get in touch or see more work about St. Vincent, how can they uh, tell us how they can get in touch with you first? Yeah, so like obviously the website, svp.ie and I'm also on LinkedIn, Linda O'Connor um, and um, that's probably the easiest way to get get in contact with me uh i'm not too sure if you share emails or, you know or anything like that but i think i think linkedin and then obviously st vincent paul we're on facebook instagram twitter youtube linkedin uh and our website that's it thank you very much linda thank you for being part of the show and yeah thanks everyone for listening thanks so much Tom.